Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. The show dedicated to fun, practical mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, where you are joined by Roscoe, your co-host, and Jamie Glazier up there on the Gold Coast. Jamie, you're looking resplendent there in your golf shirt. Are you on your way to golf today by the chat by any chance? I am actually playing my first round of golf in about 11 weeks, Roscoe. I played seven holes the other night uh, with Jackie, which was beautiful down at Coolangatta Tweed, and uh, I was just I was so good to be back this morning playing with Jonesy out at the Grand, so uh, I am really looking forward to getting back out there and having a hit. Well, stepping up to the big time at the Grand and and also with uh, the big league with Jonesy. Now, Jonesy, you and I know Jonesy as Jonesy, but um, yep. you know, former tour player and uh, great golfer, great guy up there in the Gold Coast, and you know, it's good that you're uh, getting out there and getting back amongst it. Now, one of the things that we want to talk about today, and it's something that's sort of popped up back into my sphere and probably spending a little bit more time uh, and attention towards understanding it better even at my generous age and you might have dropped out of it because you haven't been playing golf so long it's the the concept of habits and habits and how they can uh, affect our golf how they can improve our golf and how we can understand habits a little bit better and how it relates to golf performance for the everyday club golfer so you know you work with this topic with your elite athletes and club golfers and i just thought be worth sharing for me so if it's worth sharing for me it's worth listening for everyone i reckon yeah for sure i mean habits is a it's, you know, for the last, gosh, I'd say three to five years, there's been a lot about habits, the power of habits, the book, Atomic Habits. There's so much content around habits, the importance and power of habits in our day-to-day life, in our business life. And it's funny because it's probably more relevant and more powerful in the game of golf because of the component of reactivity in golf you know if we don't play well the next day we'll try something different so we're creating an environment that goes you know almost the opposite of habits and uh you know there are so many different underlying elements and reasons as to to how that can contribute to one a lack of performance but also just a lack of enjoyment and increasing frustration and anxiety when it comes to golf so i think it's such a relevant topic for all of us so when you talk about your concept of, of habits, you know, what, what are some of the high level, I guess, principles of, of habits, habit formation, some of those laws that sit around um, developing strong habits and how they might then translate for people into golf? Well, I think the first thing for me is to clarify what is the pattern, what is the pattern of behavior a golfer would like to execute under a stressful environment? Now, when we look at when we look at around the golf, the stress and the pressure is is generally external to us. It's the environment that we are performing in. Now, if we aren't performing or training in a similar environment and that environment is new to us come our Saturday comp or, or a tournament, then that's where it can get very uncomfortable and we can press our panic button. But if this is something that we are consistently training in, an environment of consequence, an environment of pressure, and we are used to it, uh, then we become comfortable in that uncomfortable external environment or external situation. So for me, it's just understanding what, what a golfer needs to do from a training perspective 
to be consistent and create a habit in training in that stressful environment so that it's it just becomes, you know, ultimately becomes their default setting uh, and just the way they behave and function is, uh, is relative to and relevant to that performance environment. So that being the case, if we look at how to best apply this and, and take practice and repetition and habit-forming behaviours, what are the, some of the things that that might look like that we might want to take out of that and then, you know, consider how we can apply that as in our own training? So, I mean, I, I suppose the easiest way to describe it, I remember a story years ago about Jason Day, which I might have mentioned here on the podcast once or twice about how a few years back, he, he, his goal was to become number one golfer in the world. So what he did was he realized that a lot of his training prior had probably been a bit repetitive, a bit block training, and he decided to try and spend a lot of his time on the range, like almost simulating a tournament round of golf. So he would hit a driver... Um, put his club in the bag, glove off. He would have a break for three or four minutes and then pick an approach shot into a green, pick a target, go through his full process. And he would do that, you know, hours upon hours. The story in this magazine was that he did it for uh, five hours straight in a practice session on the driving range. And um, he'd have a little bit of a break here and there for 10 or so minutes, but he would just get into that habit of activating his performance routine, his pre-shot routine, the same process mentally that he wants to go through with each shot and create an environment of consequence, pick a target where it's the right-hand side of the green, he can't miss right, that sort of stuff. He spent a lot of time preparing uh, to become number one in the world in that environment. And funnily enough, I think it was six months later, he became number one in the world um, and spoke a lot about that discipline in practising the same way that he would approach a shot uh, in a tournament round of golf. And, you know, for, for a lot of club level golfers, we might only have a half an hour block of training in between work or after work. And, you know, our main focus is let's hit as many balls as we can to feel like we've gotten, you know, the, gotten the most out of our time. But, you know, in reality, we probably don't get a lot of value from that come our Saturday round of golf. That's a. It's interesting when you reflect on that story about Jason and how he started preparing for that. You know, obviously, you know, he's doing that consistently, but what he's doing there in, in playing his practice as a round of golf, he's doing the same thing but doing it differently. So he's creating the repetition, yeah. but he's not creating the boredom. Yeah. And I think from what I've sort of read and been learning that, you know, the repetition is important in terms of habit formation. But yep. the, bo- the boredom part can yep. really undermine any work on the repetition. So, yep. you know, yep. when we t- as you just then said, you know, when you rock up to the range and just slug 50 balls down there, yep. you know, that don't confuse that with, you know, habit because you turn up yep. um, and flog 50 balls down the range, you know, once a week or once a fortnight. It's, yep. it's the, the process of going to the range, tick, that's one part of the habit formation. But then yep. how you make the challenge, how you make it sh- a sh- enough of a stretch Yep. To make it challenging, therefore rewarding, therefore growth, therefore wanting to do it again and wanting to do something, whether it's different or, or improve on what you've been doing. Is that sort of? Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of it's got to do like with, with engagement. The more engaged we are with the process, the stronger that, that pattern is going to get built and the stronger that pattern is going to get, you know, going to sit inside our mind. It's similar to a, a conversation. If you're having a conversation with someone, but your mind's attention is somewhere else, 
you're not really going to hear the words that they say and you're not going to remember what, what they've said. But if we're engaged and involved in that conversation, we're not going to miss a beat. We're going to, we're going to hear every word. So when we go to, to, to practice, um, having a clear purpose, a clear intention and a high level of engagement is, is really important in the building of that pattern. So for me, I'm a big one on, okay, like what you said, create a habit of going to, to, to practice X amount of times a week but make sure you've got a clear purpose on what you're doing within that practice session and make sure your level of engagement is high so that you can, you can maximize the value um, out of that training session. So yeah, I think it's an important one. Yeah. You can go practice four times a week and that's a habit, but is it quality practice over quantity practice? Are you, you, you know, you're getting a return for your investment. Um, I suppose the reality is, scores don't lie you know if you're practicing three times a week and not getting the scores then you're not getting a return on investment you're not practicing with purpose or or creating a good quality habit from from that point of view one of the other things and areas that i you know that relates to topics that we've spoken about in the past is the concept of journaling Mm -hmm. and you know i just want to make that link between that process and it's influence over create, the creation of positive habits and positive reinforcement in a, in a habit sort of training sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's for me, journaling, you know, it's probably there's a couple of, I suppose, processes I really recommend to all of my clients on a daily basis. One is, is, is meditation and the second is journaling. Uh, and there's a variety of different journals, a confidence journal, competence journal, and a gratitude journal. What actually happens is... Um, when we actually start to get some momentum, and that's negative momentum, momentum as well, a habit of negative momentum, it's very difficult to stop. We can get in a bit of a slump in, in whether it be golf or life. But the same goes for positive momentum. Once you get positive momentum, that's very difficult to actually stop. And it doesn't take too long for us to create that positive habit with certain processes like journaling because Ultimately, what it does is it makes us feel good about what we're doing. When we feel good about what we're doing, we are inspired to continue to do it. We want more of it. It's like a drug. Okay, we get addicted to it. Um, so, you know, for me, uh, those habits, If again, if you can start the day with a habit like that, then that helps to sort of kickstart a lot of other behavioural patterns, thought patterns, actions throughout the day that align with with ultimately, uh, you know, that um, that morning process and, and, and what it's there for. Not wanting to take this down a too scientific a path, but, mm-hmm. you know, what you just mentioned there, there is quite a degree of proven science yeah. around what you just discussed. And I think, yeah. I think, you know, this is me thinking and talking, and, you know, I guess you're training me here. What I know is that those neural pathways. Yeah. And, and is that what you're trying to influence there by this, you know, these – neural pathways that send the messages in and out of a, you know, whatever part of the brain you function best from. And, uh, and yep. I believe we all f- have a different area where we function the strongest from creative and yep. numeracy and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But you can retrain those. And and what I've learned and why I'm so interested in this that, you know, as I joked about before getting to my tender, tender older age, um, it's not too late to, you can retrain those and you, it's a consistent process and it's not, you don't get to the point where you have to stop because yep. of whatever, you know, you yep. can retrain that. And I guess 
that is that what you're doing? You know, training these neural pathways. Yeah, that's right. There's a thing called neuroplasticity, which is mm-hmm. basically how plastic and and you know how plastic the brain is, how easy the brain is to mold and shape in any way we want. So you know, these new patterns of behavior or new habits, they do formulate and create a new neural pathway. Now, what happens is is a thing called myelin. So every time we you know execute a habit, another layer of myelin gets wrapped around that neural pathway. Now that myelin basically is creating, it's almost like a security blanket. It's creating another layer uh, of strength, uh, a security blanket around that neural pathway, making it stronger and stronger. Now, the stronger a neural pathway is, I suppose we'll talk about from a default setting, when we are under pressure or under stress, the strongest neural pathway is the one that gets accessed. Okay, so the more we repeat an action or a behaviour, the more myelin gets wrapped around a neural pathway and the stronger that pathway gets. It's almost, it becomes unbreakable. Now, that's when people go, I find it difficult to break this habit or this pattern. Generally, it's a negative one there, mm. they're saying, and it's because they've, they've, they've activated that pattern so often that there's so much myelin wrapped around that neural pathway, it's unbreakable. The only way they can break that pattern is not to break that pattern, it is to build a new pattern and then repeat that and make the myelin get stronger and stronger and stronger. So now all of a sudden that neural pathway is getting stronger and the thing that's happening with the unproductive pattern is they're not accessing that as often. They're not wrapping more myelin around that neural pathway, making that stronger. So in, in effect, what's happening is ultimately that's getting weaker. But it's, it's, it's via the strength and, and accessing and building of a new neural pathway. Once again, when I reflect, you know, this is a process for me that has taken a degree of time. And I think that's important to, to cap off as well, that it's not a, you know, it's not a do an insight golf academy course and then bang, fixed. It's a process that takes time. It's part of the training process. And it's something that you, from my experience, you know, you can't see, touch or feel. It just starts yeah. to happen. Yeah. Just, and interestingly enough, I don't, I don't know if you saw it and I'm, I'm just trying to bring it up as we talk. Uh, we got a message. Uh, we got a message on Insight Golf Academy. And, and it sort of relates to that. And, and I'm just going to try and bring it up. That yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, from Stephen. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you've obviously read it. So, the, yep. was that the premise of Stephen's message that he he loved the course, loved the content, really made some changes? And, you know, his next challenge is taking that to the course and implementing that in the course. And is that yep. sort of what we were talking about there with him? Yeah, for sure. So, what generally happens, and in, in Stephen's message, he was talking about, you know, he goes to the course and he's he's trying three or four different things throughout the day, uh, you know, post-it notes in the scorecard and, and these other little checklists to make sure he's doing the right things. But I replied to that to that comment, just, just mentioning that maybe simplified a little bit. The easiest way to build a new neural pathway is isolated focus, is focusing on one thing and giving all of your attention to that one thing. Sometimes in golf, we can try too hard and try to do three or four or five things and then we're sort of a little bit inconsistent with our engagement on, on any one of those things. So when we talk about, you know, the habits, the simpler we can keep things, the easier it's going to be to stick to a habit. The more complicated we make things and the more complex things are, the more challenging it is to stick to a habit. So, and there are just so many, when we look at the, the, the sort of the cause and effect, the effect of, having really good habits and consistent habits is the consistency of a habit creates 
the pattern, the cognitive consistency, the, uh, it, it, the clarity around what we're doing, the confidence in knowing, that sense of knowing what we're doing. Um, and we talk about the three Cs, clarity, confidence, commitment. Having a habit, a daily habit that's consistent creates clarity. That clarity uh, and consistency helps us to feel confident in knowing what we've got to do. And then ultimately, that's going to help us to step into commitment as well. So, you know, I think with the challenging part with the game of golf is it is so reactive. If things don't work, we've got to change something, find, you know, fix it approach and, you know, tweak something to get it better. But sometimes that's the most unproductive thing because now we're building four or five different neural pathways and not building them effectively. So, you know, the, the, the thing I love about sort of my role when we, I'm, I'm working with someone, they'll come back after two weeks of having a session like, oh, it's fantastic, it's really good, I really was focused on A, B and C and they're like, what's next? And I'm like, nothing's next yet. We're going to keep working on A, B and C because you've just had three of your best rounds in the last 12 months. I don't think there's any real need to change too much just yet. Because I know, I know that two weeks is not long enough to make it a really, really dominant pattern uh, where it's an unbreakable pattern. It might take four to six weeks and then we can leverage off that with another neural pathway that relates to it. It's, it's, we call it a branch neural pathway. It relates to the same pattern, um, but it's not the exact same uh, you know, habit or behaviour. But um, it's just golf is this, is this game where we, we want to, you know, we talked about before about the, the boredom side of it. As soon as we do something, we do it well, and it gets a bit boring, we want to do something different. That's the hard part about trying to. That's why we call that a branch habit is we still want it, we want it to be new and we want it to be fresh, but we want it to still relate to the neural pathway that was just built hmm. so that, that, that there's no internal conflict or no conflict in regards to those habits. And I guess if you're someone who, you know, recognizes the fact that developing better habits around your golf, your golf practice and your golf performance uh, is something you need to do, but it's maybe because of, like you've just explained, it might, you might've been challenged by it. I would, I would ask you to, to reflect on your daily life and your daily behaviors, because there's a fair chance that you already implement a number of successful habits in your day-to-day working life, yeah. family life, personal life that already exist and, yeah. you know, reflect on those. Um, and, you know, I was talking to my wife the other night and we were talking about habits and she doesn't really give it too much conscious thought. But then I, I sort of sort of went up onto the balcony and had a look down at our little life together. And she's just a wonderful person that creates a lot of habits. And she's got these great behaviors that uh, every day she's doing something different. You know, whether it's putting uh, her coffee cup beside the coffee machine at night yeah. before she goes to bed, yeah. it just shaves that, you know, 30 seconds, but just that continual reminder of what she needs yeah. to do. And she's yeah. got all these little habits all around the place. And I think no wonder she's but he's so good at what she does and so efficient because uh, yeah. she just does this as part of her life. Now, when yeah. I think about the work that we do together and some of the courses on Inside Golf, you know, I think about building your pre-round routine and also pre-shot routine. And, yeah. you know, there are so many elements and opportunities for developing great habits that, you know, those two courses will train you or help train you around. Once you are open to the concept of habits and habit formation and being, yeah, it's an absolute essential to pr- proving your golf. Now, yeah. think about the pre-round routine. A lot of that's based around effective habit creation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's the you know, the really important thing is just with those courses, we we give people some information, some content, but then we also say, okay, take what's relevant for you and what you think is going to work for you, and create your own little recipe. And then once you've got your own little recipe, 
Just repeat it over and over and over again. Don't react to outcomes. Just because you had, you know, 31 stablefoot points one, one day or, 30, or 27 stablefoot points, don't go and change things. Give it enough volume, give it enough consistency to then have a look at, okay, the last 12 rounds of golf I played with this one habit or two habits in place, how did it go over a larger volume? And what typically happens when we've got a bit of a longer-term view of things too is things don't become like we don't make today super important. It's like, well, this is just one round of 12 that I'm going to see how those habits go. And it puts us in a much better uh, you know, environment mentally to be able to just go out there and commit to that habit without the stress, pressure, worry or concern of outcome because we know we've got those, those 12 rounds. And, and as we spoke with Brenton about the guinea pig rounds, use three guinea pig rounds and all of a sudden his first guinea pig round, he had 42 points just because the outcome wasn't the number one priority. That was shifted down the line and his one or two habits for those days with a number one, number two priority, and that's what drove his performance. And, again, when we create that consistency, we don't create that state of confusion or state of chaos out on the golf course where we're thinking about six or seven or eight different things. It's just like, no, I'm going to commit to this one habit today or two habits, whether it's pre-round or pre-shot or way of thinking uh, post-shot. I'm just going to focus on one or two habits, and that's all I'm going to do all day, and that's my number one priority. It's just things become a lot clearer, you become a lot calmer because there's a lot less going on. Um, so stress and anxiety aren't, you know, isn't triggered anywhere near as much, if at all, when we're in that uh, environment. So, yeah, for me, habits are an extremely important thing uh, that, um, that, you know, club-level golfers and all of us golfers need to really focus on um, the pre-round, especially for club-level golfers because there's so much stuff going on in their life outside of golf that unconsciously that can get dragged onto the golf course with them. So having a habit, you know, okay, it might be, it might be a five-minute meditation session in the car once you get to the car park, just clearing your mind and getting yourself ready for the day. You know, those sort of habits are, are really powerful for, um, for all of us. Excellent, mate. I, I, think, uh, I think that pretty much covers a lot of stuff that uh, gives everyone a bit, of, bit to think about, a bit to uh, chew over in regards to habits and how it can help their golf. Stephen, uh, who did send us a, a very good question on the Insight Golf Academy, thank you to you. And yeah. anyone that's on the Insight Golf Academy, of course, if you leave a question, a bit of feedback, it always gets attended to. So yeah. that is a great way of jumping on there. You can still get into the uh, Mental Game Must-Do's course. That's obviously free, but there's some other great courses in there, the ones that we've just talk- spoken about, that will help your golf. I guarantee it because I am living proof that it will help your golf. Thank you to you. Um, <laughs> Jamie, we're going to catch up soon, I believe. Yeah, down in Melbourne next week. So um, looking forward to that. I'll uh, catch up with some family, some friends. I'll have a hit of golf with yourself and um, – I'll also have my calendar open at Royal Melbourne for a few days, but um, yeah, just looking forward to getting back home and catching up with family and, and everyone and getting a bit of working with some Melbourne clients. But um, yeah, really looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting out of the Grand this morning for a hit. Um, yeah, it was, it was just funny. It's been 11 weeks without playing. And I was like, you know, just you're like, you get into the habit of, I don't, it's not that I don't need golf, you know, I work in golf all day and to go out and have golf as me time can be a bit difficult but Jackie and I went out to Cool and Gather the other day and just seven holes, I was like, I miss this. I miss it a lot. So really looking forward to today. I, I don't want to backtrack and, and start something again because we're closing closing it off. But 
I had an interesting scenario the other day. So unfortunately we had, uh, we've got two dogs, as you know, one of them had just done her second knee. So a second knee reconstruction. And unfortunately we had to book the operation in and I had to pick the dog up on Wednesday. As you know, it's my day off. I had golf booked at St. Andrew's beach. You know, I love St. Andrew's beach. And I remember the, the frust, no, I don't know how to say it, but you know, when I, when I had to cancel that game of golf that I'd booked with um, Dan, I just felt flat because I knew how much I was looking forward to it. And it really, I really had this moment of reflection that how much of that calming that in nature, how much it means to me. It wasn't about the score, but it it was more of that sort of personal time away from out of, out of the desk, out of the podcast studio, out of whatever. And I, and I just had this moment where I thought I'm going to miss this. Anyway, the dog's fine, but um, you know, I missed my golf this week, but I did miss it. I did miss it a lot. So you're right. No, I think it's, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I just, I, I, to be honest, I was surprised how much I missed being mm. out there. Um, so I really did, it did surprise me. I, I was like, okay, well, this is something I've got to make more of a habit, which is uh, what I'm doing, playing today. I'm going to have another game Monday morning um, and then play Wednesday uh, with you down at PK. And I'm just going to commit to making that more of a habit because it's so much, there's so much benefit to me in my life using golf as, as an outlet for me. And um, yeah, mate, so oh, I can't wait to get out there today. Absolutely, mate. Well, look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for listening. As I said before, jump into Inside Golf Academy. Jump onto Jamie's Instagram where you can look at some of those Mental Mastery Golf TV episodes. Lucas, Brenton, uh, Liam. Uh, we put Lucas's audio out as a podcast that's been downloaded dozens and dozens and dozens of times. So yeah. everyone loves listening to Lucas. And yeah. uh, until next time we meet uh, on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, thanks for tuning in. Jamie, I'll see you next week. Roscoe, look forward to it. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and head over to daretodream.com.au for exclusive access to the free video program, Eight Tips to an Unbreakable Mental Game. Join us next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast.